When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to All Hang Up and Listen. I am your host, Two Goalies, One Mike. Dwayne is here to celebrate with two of my counterparts, with Trey Rex Ford, with Two Goalies, One Mike, with Crossing Swords Podcast, Steve Lehman, the producer, producer Steve, and Carson Gates, Mr. Gatesy35 himself. Uh, boys, huge win, second in as many nights as against the Flyers. Steve, I know you're – I'm going to let you lead it off right now because I know you're especially happy more than anybody. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's seen me on the show before, you know that I lived in Philly for about seven years. Uh, so I've been watching the Flyers play hockey a lot uh, because I'm going to keep watching live hockey, even if it's not my team playing. I just want to watch the game. Uh, so I've seen the Flyers at their height, you know, Giroux at his peak, JVR, uh, back when uh, Voracek was in town, back when people didn't abandon Ghost Bear, back when Carter Hart was <laughs> – you know, a guy who's worth signing to a contract like that. Um, I watched the world freak out over Gritty and think that he was fucking terrifying for a week. And then they were like, oh, wait, but actually he's rad. Or I, I don't even know. But uh, to now be at this point where they're taking the kind of L's that Buffalo has been taking for a decade, it is the Captain Holt vindication meme just a thousandfold. I couldn't be – and it just brings me back to this one game me and some Western New York buddies went to in Philly like a week before my birthday, like right before COVID. Uh, the the Sabres got fucking pumped. I think it was like a 6-1 loss, and there was just this fucking dude who just every single time they scored would like turn around and do this like, <laughs> fuck you, bro. And he was like egging on this like horde of teenagers that were sitting in a section with him, and it was just like – I hope that that dude is big sad tonight. I don't know who you are, but I hope you're very sad. I hope those teenagers realize that you're a dork. And I hope that you enjoy your rebuild because it is going to be rough. Have fun with Rasmus Ristolainen. Why did you sign him to another deal, you fucking dork? Oh, yeah. my God. Why? I'm sorry. <laughs> Gatesy, how you feeling? It was a really nice game. Again, the Sabres fell down early to Philly. That didn't seem to really slow them down. It almost seemed to like make them play a little better and kind of hunker down. And 
and the Sabres seems just fun to watch. There's only four games left. And I think for the first time in almost my entire life, I don't want the season to end. I'm just so excited till that next Sabres game to watch this team perform. And there's a very hot team right now. And it's, it's just so nice to watch, honestly. Yeah, I mean, how many, how often can we sit there and say at this point in the season or the last how many years that we don't want the season to end? Like, normally fans are ready for training camp by this point or the draft, or I know that we got the draft just a week away or maybe a little bit more. You know, people are looking at their mock drafts, who the Bills are going to take. You know, will they trade up? Will they trade down? You know, what, what, what type of movement will there be for the Buffalo Bills on draft day? Where we're talking about the Buffalo Sabres in a very positive way, and it's not something that we're quite used to. I mean, at least you know you might not be too much used to it, Gates. You're much younger than me, but I, you know, this really brings back the feels for me from those mid two thousands, late two thousands teams, the late nineties. Like it just, there were such fun hockey teams to watch and brought such positive vibes to not just myself but the city. And you know, it's such a breath of fresh air to see a team. Really, not just outperform expectations, but individual players outperform massively their expectations. And um, to be able to talk about like what moves they're gonna make come the off season, but it, like to make their team not 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 in terms of rebuilding, but to make possibly make a playoff push next year. Like that's an exciting time for Buffalo Sabers hockey. Yeah, I mean it's. I'm thinking back to like my earliest Sabres memories. I remember getting an inflatable Stanley Cup for like the 2006-7 run. And I remember like a Finneganoff scoring like one game. And that's that's about like really most of my Sabres playoff memories. And yeah. I remember like 2010, like the last year, they're like an eight seed. And I remember thinking then like, wow, this, this team's just not good. But I think I would give anything to see like a Sabres playoff game right now. I wish I kind of would have cherished it a little more when I was younger. So I wouldn't have to wait you know, over half my life now to, to see it again, but it's going to make it that much better when it does happen. You know what? It, it, it's, it's, you know, you, sometimes you take those things for granted, those little things, those little bit of memories that you do get, get because you never know like how fleeting it can be because it's been 11 years since we've made, been uh, even had a, you know, an opportunity to make the playoffs. I mean, the closest we've been, I think was maybe under Bilesma, I want to say. Yeah. Like maybe under Dan Bilesma. I guess but other than that, it, we haven't been close. And, uh, and I just it's super, super exciting. We have a few comments here in the chat. Uh, Paramat pictures. This season we learned we we did get something for the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Next season is where we figure out if we want it. Ryan who? Jack who? Couldn't agree with you more, buddy. Uh, and then David H. 11 years. Finally, I got hope. Right? Like, it, there's hope and there's optimism. And it feels so good to be a Sabres fan right now. Yeah. It's like even I spend a lot of my time in the Facebook group chats for uh, for Sabres stuff. Like oh, in the pages. And I, you know, it's it's a place where you really get to see a little bit of everything. And I think for the first time since I've been doing it, there's just there's good energy, positive thoughts. I mean, two months ago, Ristolin or uh, Darling was out the door. They wanted everyone gone. And now this team, the city's kind of believing them again. And you look at the bills like everyone on that Bills team is really idolized by the city. And you look back to those 2006, seven years. And when they went to the cup with hash, like that team, all the players were idolized. And I think this team has that same energy to it right now in the seven, one, six. And I think just people in Buffalo really appreciate this group, what they're bringing every single night. Yeah. I honestly think it's just because, uh, you know, the team that we're seeing this year is just night and day from what we've been seeing for the past decade. You know, even when they're losing, uh, they're not giving up and just, 
walking home with their tail between their legs. They're fighting every single set, every single shift, every single game, even the games that they lose, even when they lose by a lot. Uh, the closest anecdote we can think of is, you know, on the scoreboard Thursday night, it was a 6-2 loss to the St. Louis Blues. But I looked at the mentions in that final score posting on the Sabres Twitter, and it wasn't, fire this guy into the sun, fire this coach, fire the general manager, this team's a fucking dumpster fire, I can't believe I've wasted any fucking time and money paying attention. It was just like, you know, you guys played hard. I can't be mad about it. You know, just move on to the next one. And it's like, I really can't remember the last time the fan base has just like had that kind of optimism. It's like, yeah, you're going to lose sometimes because we know like this isn't a playoff team yet. But there's clearly something growing here, and people are finally starting to like catch on and respond to it. It's not a flash in the pan. It's not just a one-hit wonder. Like this is really shaping up into be the real thing. And you know, the offseason is gonna be huge because there are those, you know, three key pieces that everyone's thinking about what we gotta do. One, of course, being some sort of stopgap goaltender while we find who could be the who could be that guy. Uh, Levi and Portillo, of course, choosing to go back to college. Uh, UPL might be our uh, 1B or uh, 2A. But, you know, somebody other than 41-year-old Craig Anderson, as much as I love the guy, as much as he's clearly great in the locker room, that cannot be uh, where we rest our faith for another 82 games. I'm sorry. So that's question number one. Question number two, who can we get in the top four on the right-hand side to go with either – Dolly and her power, uh, you know, because we can't be splitting Yoki Haru between between the two of them, and I don't want to see Darlene play out his offside to play with Samuelson. As much as it has been working in these past couple of games, you know, these are important questions that the offseason are going to be crucial in answering, and that's going to be the real test of uh, if is this real, or is it just going to is going to be uh, too little, too late? Yeah, I um, I you know I've been criticized a lot. I've been, you know, told I'm stupid. People have agreed with me, you know, however you, however you want to put it. And I've, I'm normally not a guy who wants to pay a goalie a lot of money. And I'm still all about that. I, I don't want to pay goalies lots of money because I just don't think that you need to pay goalies like what Carey Price and Bobrovsky make to win a Stanley Cup in history, especially more recently than not proves. It. I mean, Vasilevsky makes a lot of money, but he also has an insanely talented team in front of him. Like they've they've written the blueprint that was started by Steve Eiserman there about how to build a team. You lock up the core pieces and you find those glue guys and keep try and keep some of them around, but they're interchangeable. Um, you know, your glue guys like a Pat Maroon, like a um, uh, you know, you know, before that, before you let you, you let him leave in frenzy, like Blake Coleman. Uh, just name a couple. I think uh, who was the one that tr- uh, signed with uh, the Rangers? Um, uh, uh No, but not Bushnevich, but uh, he Goodrow, Barkley Goodrow. Uh, just right. glue guys. You know, you find those guys, you implement them on cheap deals. Let them, let them, you know, exceed what they're worth on those deals. Let them play past their value, the value you put on them on that contract, and you let them go somewhere else. But in the in, in the time that you that you that you that, that you've had them on the team along with that core that you've already had your Kucherov, your Stamkos, your Hadman, uh, your point, you know, just to name a few, like your Vasilevsky, like, you know, you, you keep that group together and you continuously just keep building them around them. 
And like that's what I that's what I've always wanted to blueprint the Chicago and the and 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 the Tampa Bay uh, blueprint. But um, right now, I think we're in a situation where you do have to overpay for a goalie a little bit to in, in order to get a good one here. And there are some options out there. I know Steve, you know me, and you have texted quite a bit about it. But I just, I, you know, I'm looking at that not just goaltending. But obviously, you need to bring in a defenseman to play along with Owen Power. I don't think Yoki Haru's the answer. I just don't. Like, I just think he's too streaky. I, I, you know, that one, that one play on that goal in front where he just dove, dove to the puck carry. That's like, you, no, you just keep your position in front. Like, and that to me also shows distrust in your own goaltender because the guy he was on a bad angle, and for whatever reason, Yoki Haru's diving at him. Leaving a man wide, leaving Owen Power to take two players in front by himself, like I just didn't, you know, I just don't think he's the answer. Maybe, maybe he can, he he can, you know, replicate what he did last year, next year. But until then, I'm looking for a defenseman to play with Owen Power next season in my top four. And I just don't think, I don't know if Yoki Haru is the answer. I just don't know. Um, but you know, I, I also look to improve yourself down the middle on the wing. I, I mentioned the chat. I mentioned on the last episode of Tulos. I'm like, I'm like. Speak it into existence. He's been on the trade block in Vancouver plenty of times. JT Miller, he can make this team better. He's still young. I think he's 29 years old. Like, he's probably in his prime right now. Go get that guy. You might have to overpay him for a little bit, but, you know, you're not going to sign him to an eight-year deal. Go go overpay for that guy a little bit. You have the cap space to do it. I think one of the biggest things you brought up there was that consistency of coaching. Like, if you look at Stevie Y, who you brought up earlier, he turned around Tampa Bay, found his coach down there. He's in Detroit right now, and Detroit's kind of a team people compared Buffalo to last season, and they've totally just flip-flopped positions. I mean, Buffalo just passed him in the standings after tonight's win, and the, one of the bigger reasons for Detroit's uh, kind of misfortunes this year from uh, my buddy who's a big Detroit fan, big writer for them and everything, is their systems are just not working for their team, and Buffalo has a guy at the helm who knows what he's doing for the right players, and that's Granado. I think as long as Adams, who's proven he, he can build a team right now and find the pieces that work with the Granado system, and I think having those two together, it, they're just they're going to figure it out. Like they they kind of proven themselves so far in this free agency period is going to be a big <coughs> this team. I agree. Of, yeah, so yep. there's a couple positions, not, nothing major compared to other years where it seems like we need a little bit of everything. It's just find what what works for the squad. Three to four spots, I think. Yeah, obviously. I mean, goaltending, whether it's both of them or just somebody to be your full-time starter in front of UPL. Because um, I don't even know if you – I mean, Steve, you're more in touch with what's going on in Rochester. I pay attention, but, you know, UPL has struggled a lot there. Yeah, I mean, there have definitely – I mean, it's not completely on UPL. Uh, for the amount of goals that Rochester does score, they are also, like, one of the top in the league for, like, giving up shots – so, you know, to be fair, it's been, like, more consistent with what we're see- used to seeing in Sabres land years prior, that, yeah. the, that the team in front of the goaltender is not really giving the guy the chance <laughs> to truly thrive. So I don't know how much of that is, uh, you know, double hip surgery a couple years back. Uh, I don't know how much of that is just confidence, but he did just have a big weekend. Uh, he get put up a 2-1 W just last night. Uh, the night before, he only gave up. So he's given up three goals in the past back-to-back starts. One was on a penalty shot, and the other two were power play goals. So to be fair, those are pretty like 
those are usually just hard situations to stop in general because either you're one man down or it's just a, you know, a one-on-one shut shootout attempt. So, so to that end, uh, you know, I think his time in Rochester has definitely been proving fruitful again, uh, you know, with uh, some of the better defensemen from Rochester now playing in the Sabres system, uh, you know, obviously Matias Samuelson and, you know, Casey Fitzgerald, who has games where he's on and has games where he makes a few blunders. I don't know if Bryson's necessarily the partner for a guy like him, but uh, either way, uh, you know, there's not, there's not that much in the way of defensive strength left behind in Rochester now. I mean, they've got Ethan Prow who's pretty all right. Schultz. Uh, but Loxanen, as nice as he could be offensively for a good setup, the guy's a turnover <laughs> machine. So again, I, it's it again. I, I mean, I don't need to tell you. You know that you know there's a game within the game, and there's so much that could be playing into what's making UPL not be like a bright and shining star with a nine six zero save percentage. Uh, and I don't think it's all solely on that dude's shoulders. I think there's just so much happening with that team. Uh, that, you know, for all the goals that Quinn and Paterka are putting up, they are not as sound as they should be on the blue line. And as a result, you know, UPL is getting pumped and there are just some things that he just can't stop. Everyone lets in a few softies, but I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think that, you know, next season, especially with Portillo and Levi taking another year in the college system, you gotta call him up. You gotta make you gotta make him be starting at least thirty nights. You gotta know once and for all: can this be a guy? Can this be the guy? And if not, as much as I would hate to say, you gotta move on yep. because you know because otherwise you're wasting his time. You're wasting your time, and there are two dudes that are gonna be chomping at the bit to be that guy. And uh, if you're you know treading water with a guy that has proven himself he's just he's just not gonna find it. You got you gotta move on. But next year's gotta be the year where you gotta ask that question. So yeah, we definitely gotta get UPL up. There's no excuse to keep him down there another year. He's performed well when we give him the chance up here, but like you said, he's streaky. I know me and Cully and you two Gatesy, you know, he's had double hip surgery. He's had the lower body issues at a very young age. So it's kind of hard to gauge like how, like how long of a career is this kid going to have? Can he play a full season? Like, I don't know. I mean, he, he was even hurt this season. I, I it's, it's difficult to say. And, you know, it's just kind of weird that he comes up, even in a small sample size, he comes up here and maybe he's the type of guy who, you know, when he, when playing down in the AHL, you know, he plays down to that level, but he brings his game up a level when he come when, when he's gotten the taste of the NHL. I don't, I mean, I don't know as a goalie, I, with the mentality of it, I guess I could see the frustration of being in the, in the AHL and not being up in the NHL when you've proven that you can play up there. I don't know if that's taken that, – that, that, here's the thing. That's kind of like the mental side of the game. Can he handle that? Like, can he handle the ebbs and flows of the goaltending position at the, at the, like the highest level? Yeah, I mean, the difference between Rochester's games and Buffalo's games, it's, it's not even the same sport half the time. The Rochester's kind of running gun style and they're very lax defensive play a lot of times. It's I think it's really hard on UPL to kind of balance the two. Like when you camp with Buffalo, like that was probably like the dog days of the season. Like I would say end of December, beginning of January is when he was here. And I mean, I remember that's Dowling was ice cold. No one was really Tuck hasn't broken the lineup yet. And it was it was tough, but he's the bright spot. Like he played well in the games he was there. Mm-hmm. He and took a I mean, lot of pucks too. 
a lot of pucks. And last night for Rochester, you had what a one nothing shutout win. Yep, I, like I believe it was two one, but two one. You played insane. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a fantastic night last night, and that's yeah. the reason why they're still in the playoff for playoff push. Yeah, it's he's someone that they've taken their time with, and that's what we want. I remember fans talking about it forever, like give the kid time. And I think he's kind of proven at the NHL level, and you know, next year is going to be the time he's going to have to kind of prove it. Like <coughs> he's got the guys behind him now, and it's time for him to run with the reins a little bit. I, I agree. Um, you know, you have to find out, you know, now what you have in this kid. No, not now, but, you know, the start of next season. Like, mm-hmm. he can't be put in a situation where he struggles to make the team again in training camp like this past season. Like, it's either now or never, kid. Like, you've had, you know, what is it, three years now to really try and crack this lineup. I know goalies take longer to develop than 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 most, and I've been a huge advocate of allowing him to continue to develop in Rochester, but this will be his second Almost, almost two full years in Rochester, right? I know he played a good portion of last season in Rochester, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. And now this would be his second almost full season in Rochester with a cup of coffee in the NHL. So, like, it's 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 time it's time to put up or shut up. You know, I think he's going to be what 23 or 24. I want to say 99. I think he's 22 right now, turning 23. Yeah, he'll be 23 going 24 come next season. So, like. You know, this is right around the time where you would expect him to try and make that jump into the NHL. Like, it's not like a—I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a make or break, but like this is this is the point where you've you've put your time in in the AHL, you've competed in enough games at that level to try and make the jump in the NHL. So it's time to put up or shut up in a way. You know, am I again? Do I say you have to trade him? No. Like if he if he can't make it if he can't make it in the NHL next year, I guess you have a really good goal, hopefully a really good goaltender in Rochester, you know, to be an insurance policy for you in the NHL if you ever have to call upon him. But that's why I say you really should look for two solid goaltenders in the offseason. There's nothing wrong with some competition in training camp. Yeah, and I mean, uh, obviously in the short term, it's incredibly <laughs> important because you know, Craig Anderson. And actually, that is a question that's in here from Paramount Pictures again. Uh, if Craig decides to hang up the skates this offseason, would you want to bring him back as a goalie coach slash assistant? And my answer to that would be, if he doesn't want to pull the Ryan Miller approach of just taking a year off hockey and just living a life as a human being away from the sport, sure. But I'm guessing he might want to take a little bit of a vacation. But... Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he comes back. Uh, honestly, I not that. Not, but. You know, his whole family's down in Florida. Um, I just don't know if after having the career he had, as long as it was, if he's going to just step right into a role with a team, you know, in Western New York, like, you know, especially having yeah. to relocate his entire family to Buffalo. I don't think he wants to spend that much time away from his family anymore. So for me, um, I would say no, but it's not, but I would be so open to it. Like, I would like to see it. I would like to see it, but. I don't think it would ever happen just because, you know, he yeah. has so much fa- – has- his entire family lives in Florida. And Jobs says if he wants it. Yeah. yeah but and he, I and he's given so much more to Buffalo than we can ever could have expected out of him, both on and off the ice. Like, I remember when he was signed, it almost went over everybody's heads like, oh, he's probably going to be a third, maybe a backup. But he's taken the reins, and then he's really kind of molded this whole group, not just, like, younger goalies. And the whole team seems to be, like – like, I remember – I think it was Granado talking about how, like, anytime he gives up a goal, like, the next media timeout will come over the bench, come everyone down, and the team's good to go. And 
I think that's been so important for this young group, not only this year, but kind of going to the rest of their careers here in Buffalo. Yeah, he was actually saying, I think it was actually last night uh, when uh, Buffalo was down 2 nothing going into the second. Craig was the one that initially spoke up in the locker room and, uh, you know, quelled the fears and just tried to get everybody back on track. And I thought that that was a really interesting point that Granado made. It's like the best thing I do as a coach is I just get the hell out of the way of my guys. They know what they need to do because they're the people, they're the talented players that they are. And uh, at this point, they're building their own culture that I don't need. To, I don't need to be the one to tell them what to do. I don't need to force anything down their throats. They write the ship themselves. And Craig, and Craig was the one who spoke up. Let know. Uh, you know, obviously we're down, but, you know, we're never out. Especially, you know, no offense, but especially not against this year's Philadelphia Flyers. And, uh, you know, arguably they were defensively stronger because Rasmus was out of the lineup this weekend. So, if anything, they were slightly better than they could have been, but still not great. I mean, I haven't really watched a full Philly game this year besides, like, the couple Sabres games. And the only clips I've seen of Ristolainen have not been the, the best ones in the world of them. So, I don't know how he's played, you know, for a full 60. But I feel like Flyers fans just can't be happy with the return and, the, and then the contract on top of that. Yeah, that's that's very clearly a guy who know who like just knows he's gonna get fired, but to admit defeat and trade him would just be like, yeah, I know I fucked up. So like you just doubled down on fucking up by signing him for another five mil for I think like another four or five years. I don't understand it. I I I mean obviously I understood it when we did it several years back when he was much younger and had yet to prove himself and he was a high prospect and you know, at that point, it was there wasn't a lot of talent coming in the door. So, you, you know, you lock down the guys that you draft in the first round and you yep. don't think twice about it. Mm. But, you know, clearly we know what you're getting out of Rasmus Ristolainen and you're still signing him to that money. I, I think my favorite Ristolainen play of all time is still him just falling into the boards. Yeah. Oh, go, oh, the ghost. Oh, my God. I love the ghost. <laughs> Laid out by the ghost. You got to love it. That was some Scooby-Doo shit. I loved it. Curry. Um. But with that being said, guys, next uh, topic of discussion, I definitely want to touch on the fact that yours truly with Mr. Gatesy35 over there did happen to predict the score of of this game on the pregame show, but not just the score because that's not just impressive. I did, I did predict most of the scoring for a second. I know. I think you're just kind of – I talked first in that segment. I think you just kind of took all my good ideas and, and put it together, so – is that I what take I did? A little bit of credit for that. But oh, that's what I did. All right, all right. It was um, each, yeah, literally each goal. I was like, oh, that's another one for Dwayne. And then the score was four two. I was like, oh, one more goal each. Like with a period and a half left, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna happen. And then soon enough, it happens, and Tage gets the empty netter, and I'm like, oh my god. That's right. Someone get the charts out. And if you want to see the full video, two goalies, one mic on Twitter. It's up posted. Take a peek. See the full thing in action because it's. I was when you said I was like, oh, it's a lot Here of detail, but you you nailed it. But anyways, I uh, I was super pumped when they made it when they changed score on the empty enter, made it five three. I predicted it all. Uh, free money right here. If you ever need advice on uh, any prop NHL prop betting, come see yours truly. I'll win you some free money. No, to Dwayne us. Yeah, Dwayne us thirty nine. But um, anyways, I. Uh, how many games do we have left in the season? It's like six, four, four, four games that's left always, in the season. That's it. That's Obviously, we we're not going to touch 500. That's just not going to happen. 
But, uh, you know, how do you want to see this team finish out? What more do you want to see? And what more do you want to see from what players? Yeah, I mean, I know we touched on it a little bit of just overall consistency because this team's been hot and cold I had, since Eichel kind of showed up in 2015. It's like this team's really hot. We're like, oh, we have all these hopes, and then a month later everything's gone and we're back in the lottery. And thankfully, since <laughs> the team's kind of found their stride with Tuck, they've continued their momentum. If they lost a game, they got blown up by Tampa. They rebounded right back. They'll be down 4 nothing to Chicago in the first period, come back and win it. Like this team has fight. And with four games left, it really just seems like each game they're getting better and better, which, again, I don't know if we could ever say that in the past. Normally it's, oh, my God, it's it's March. End it right now. It's But – and I just want to see – I I really like the play of Rasmus. Rasmus uh, is on my mind. From Dolly in the past, <laughs> right. his aggression, he's found that edge to his game that fans have been calling for. He's zipping pucks around. He's confident with the puck, moving it everywhere, and – He's been like I'd say the past couple games he's just really been on it and if he can finish the season like this, start next season well and hopefully next year he can go without the two month stretch of kind of being a ghost out there and not being a player that fans kind of imagine. I think that's the biggest thing right now. <coughs> yeah, um, definitely Dalene. I, I I'm all in favor. Um, I, I I honestly I think he point number fifty tonight. He had fifty. He got his yeah first time tonight. since. Uh, I was. They brought the sound TV. It's been a lifetime since the Sabres team and put up fifty. Um, definitely. You know, I, I, I would like to see him try and get at least fifty, anywhere between fifty-five and fifty-seven points. I think it's very doable for him with the pace he's playing at. Um, you know, just you know, shove it right up the friggin' uh, all the haters' hoops. Like you know, it's just so good to see him playing as well. And it's just so funny because like anytime you tweet it out, like. You know, uh, where all, where's all the da- Darlene haters? Remember, you all wanted him gone two, three months ago. The ones that did want him gone, they're silent. They don't. They're nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Those are those are the worst kind of fans because they're waiting for him to fail. They want him to fail so they can start speaking up again. It's a fact. So they I want secretly. to see you to develop and continue to to, to uh, just hammer away points here in the last four games. Let Let's be honest. Those those fans either have uh, secret Maple Leafs jerseys in their uh, bottom drawers or they just buy the jersey of whatever team won the cup that year. So they've got Blues jerseys. They've got Caps jerseys. They've got two Tampa Bay jerseys at this point, you know, and they've, you know. But that said, uh, obviously Darlene's going to keep putting up a point or two a night for the next four nights. Uh, With those four matchups, we've got one against the Devils, one against the Isles, one against the Bruins, and the final game, of course, RJ's last call against the Blackhawks. Uh, Dwayne and I are going to be at that in person. Uh, Realistically, we should be able to get three three out of four of those dubs. I don't think I need to say which team we're we're probably going to get an L from. Uh, You know, I think we know know, the team in that equation that's actually going to the playoffs. (laughs) They've been going to the playoffs forever i hate to say it but they are just a good team they're never they're just not gonna be a bad team it would just take a complete fucking collapse of everyone that's good on that team for them to truly just not be a part of the equation they're always part of it even when you think they're not in they're in but that said what i really want to see from an individual standpoint dylan cousins is three points away from a 40 point total threshold for the season Obviously, Tage Thompson is four goals away from 40 for the season. That would be incredible. 
I'm not, I feel like we're going to get like just 39 just to make it fucking bittersweet because that would be the, honestly, I'm okay with 39 just because I don't want to give his, his agent anything to, Oh, he's got multi 40, 40 goals, four seasons. You should pay him more than Jeff Skinner. Like, no, I'm yeah. fine with 38 or 39. Sorry, Tage, but yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking big picture here. Jeff Skinner's got two points left to get before he's at 60 for the year. You know, we want to get every fucking penny out of that $9 million that yep. we're paying him. So I'm perfectly okay with making him work for it. Uh, Alex Tuck, 36 points in 46 games. You, you can't really ask too much more of that guy after missing six-plus months with a like shoulder injury. Uh, Peyton Krebs also had a multi-point night tonight. You know, let's not forget that. You know, only, you know, 22 – half a point a game, 22 points in 44 games is essentially a rookie. Like, yep. uh, yeah, let's go. That's great. great. What's you know, I, Victor at for goal goal wise? What's he at right now with the with the, he, with the goal he, he reached twenty. Yeah, he's at twenty as of yeah. Olsen's at twenty. Sixty yeah. games without scoring too. Well, technically, he actually I'm not sure if that was accurate because he was at nineteen before this game started, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he should be at twenty one. Oh yeah, yeah. So he should be above. He should be above Kyle Ocposo. Uh I, I'm not sure if. Uh, I'm pretty sure that this uh, stat counter is up so to date because four, Andre York's goal is. Four 20-goal scorers on this hockey team right now? Yeah, we got four 20-plus goal, goal scorers. Obviously, the fifth person in line is Dylan Cousins at 13. I severely doubt we're going to get seven goals in four yeah. games. That would be that would be fucking lit. If we get seven goals in four games out of Dylan Cousins, I'm buying a Heritage Classic Cousins. There you <laughs> and go. you can quote me on that. A few, uh, few more comments here on the, in the uh, peanut gallery. Uh, Tucker Thompson, who should wear the C next year, has always been a topic for dis- discussion since Tuck has uh, played his first game. I think it's hands down Alex Tuck. There's no reason it shouldn't be. The guy is a proven leader. He, he's born to wear the C for this hockey team. I think everybody knows, and I think it's just a foregone conclusion at this point. I, I just, It's hard for me to pick anybody else over Alex Tuck. Agreed. I, everything Tuck brings on the ice, but also is off ice. Like That's what's most important about wearing the C is what he can bring in the locker room <laughs> and even just on the bench, stuff like that. And you can kind of tell from the previous man that wore the C that that was something I was lacking and it kind of resulted in the whole team falling apart around it. And I think Tuck's done more than enough to embrace the city of Buffalo since coming here and just being what fans have always wanted in their captain, that it, it should be him. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody in the locker room got a fist bump last night from Josh Allen, but only one man received the bro hug and that was Alex Tuck. Oh, real recognized real game recognized game. That's all you need to know. One the choice has been made by the mayor of Buffalo. One last Josh comment Hunt. from Sean Benjamin. Uh PK and Patrick Kane is going into his last contract year. Chicago have have to be sellers in the offseason. My question is Buffalo kicking the tires now that Eichel is out. Um I mean I, I think Buffalo would definitely make the phone call. I think I think Kevin Adams makes the phone call just to see what it would take. He's not doing his job if he isn't. But I, uh, you know, I have it on good account from people like uh, Kyle Quick, who's been, you know, a consistent guest on two goals on Mike, who is really in touch with guys like him and just that that community of Buffalo hockey players. And he seems to be uh, of the strong belief that Pat Kane probably wouldn't want to sign with Buffalo just because of just the bad history that's gone on here with him off the ice. Like, I think he would want to stay away from that. He'll you know, keep his nose clean and not just just keep away from that. 
you know, whether, what, what, you know, whether, how, however you feel about the situations that transpired while he was, you know, while he was home in Buffalo, like, I think he just wants to, you know, stay under the radar, keep his nose clean and just not put himself in any bad spots. And, um, you know, for things that could happen if he were to come home and play in Buffalo. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I think another thing worth noting is uh, just the overall culture of Buffalo. Uh, I, w- I want to say it was something that Don Granado said. Uh, I, I think it was in that one episode of the uh, – not the instigators, but after the whistle with, uh, you know, Petey and Craig, uh, that there isn't a lot of ego in the locker room right now. And I'm not saying that, you know, Pat Kane is an egomaniac, but every single person that is on the precipice of being like – a big star on this team. They are all guys that are still at this moment proving themselves to the rest of the league. Like Alex Tuck has been a chip on his shoulder guy who has been the odd man out twice in his former clubs, first with Minnesota. And then of course with Vegas having been traded here, Jeff Skinner, ever since signing that whale of a deal has been a dude who's had to prove himself to be worth that money. Rasmus Dahlin as of three months ago was somebody who should have been booted out of town. Uh, still proving himself. Cousins and Krebs, still too young to truly know, are they going to be superstars or are they just going to be pretty fucking good? Either way, I'm perfectly happy with either. Casey Middlestat. Like, these are all people that, you know, they're humble. They're hungry. They know that they have work to do and they're not going to stop doing the work. And again, I'm I'm not trying to say that Pat Kane is a, you know, PK Subban level egomaniac, but I think it stands to reason that the guy knows he's fucking good and there might be a little bit of that attitude that he might bring into the locker room and that might not be the the vibe that donnie and kevin want in that room i so, would even hate i mean pk suban i mean i think that guy gets a bad rap personally i know i know he does a lot on social media he does a lot of self-promotion but at the same time like i still think that he, he's still a phenomenal talent a phenomenal talent and i i, I don't i don't i would hope that the, the locker room that we've put together so far and the leadership group we've put together so far could handle a player like Pat Kane coming into it. Because like that, I mean, one player shouldn't disrupt everything, in my opinion, especially if you have a strong leadership group. Like, you know, and I don't know, I, I don't know what Pat Kane's story has been in Chicago in terms of being a locker room guy. Um, I've never heard anything bad, but I, I would hope that, the culture that's being built in Buffalo's locker right now wouldn't be negatively affected by a guy like Patrick Kane. Um, I think everybody knows that the business of uh, of this game is to win a Stanley Cup, and sometimes you do have to make moves like that in order to move the needle. Um, and as of right now, I'm sorry, this team isn't good enough to move the needle on its own. You do have to add pieces. Is that piece Pat Kane? I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know if he would want to come here. You, you would think – like looking at it as, by itself, like Pat Kane himself, you know, he was a Sabres fan growing up. You would think that he would want to be just like Alex Tuck, don that jersey and be an integral part in this team raising its first ever Stanley Cup. You would think that he would want to be a part of that. But at the same time, there is a whole separate issue of what's gone on in his life off the ice when he's been home in Buffalo. You know, again, and I, I, I don't take anyone's side on that. Like, you know, whatever you think about what happened with him, that's your opinion, your opinion alone. But pushing all that aside, whether you, you should or you shouldn't, um, I think that 
he still has a ton of talent left and he may not be the MVP player, but that is still like a 70 plus point player that you would add to your roster. And if he, if he can buy into what's going on in your locker room and he could be a part of the solution, I would absolutely be all for bringing Pat Kane to Buffalo, but I, I just don't know if he would want to come here. And I, I mentioned a couple of times, like if I'm looking for a trade partner, I'm looking at a team like Vancouver who has really struggled to move the needle themselves and might have guys that, you know, need a change of scenery guys that may have a chip on their shoulder of their own. I know you mentioned Brock Besser. Uh, I believe it was you, Steve. Um, yeah. I, but I, as much as JT Miller guy. Yeah. I mean, I like JT Miller too. I got no complaints about his game, <laughs> but at the end of the day, for what this team needs right now, he is yet another guy on the left side. Our he right plays center though too. He does play center as well, which is pretty darn nice. If, if he's our two C, that's pretty fucking nice. Uh, Lucy, I don't know. I, I mean, he might be your one C. I, I, I listen. I know we all. Know I, I think Tage is earned his one C spot for now. Huh? I, I, you know, I, I think, I think Tage has proved himself to be the one right now. Has he? Has he? Has he? I mean, he's had one really good season. Does that make him automatically your one C? I think it's his I mean, job to lose. He's been in the. He's. It's, I mean. Is it wrong to bring in a guy who can be a proven one C? And is it so bad? I mean, it's not, it's not like you're taking ice time away from Tage Thompson. Yeah, if anything, he'd probably still have the same amount of ice time. But to have that one-two punch, that one A, one B option of a JT Miller and a Tage Thompson, I think you're you're doing pretty good for yourself. You know, regardless of who you slide in as your first line center. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's totally fair. Um and I guess it is also worth noting that JT does have one more year after this one at a five or five point five. So very team friendly, pretty darn, pretty darn affordable for a dude who's twenty nine, uh, you know. And then of course, if that were what happened in the off season, um, you know, that would be a nice prove me prove it year. Uh, obviously, you don't want to be shelling out too much money for a guy going into his thirties. Uh, I mean, we're gonna. We're going to know how that feels in a few years from now when Jeff Skinner's 33 or 34 pushing that nine mil AAV. It'll be interesting to see how that one fits out. But again, that's just a, a bottle special that we can never get out. And you want to know what, man? He'll make a lot of Sabres fans happy because he does wear number nine. Very easy jersey uh, nameplate switch for a lot of fans out there. So uh, They do share a few letters, too. Yep, and you want to know what he he play, he's played center. I mean, he's listed as a center here on NHL.com. Ninety-one points in seventy-three games, and the fact that this guy he has Granado ties, he has played under Granado in the U.S. development program. So you do have that tie to to Donnie Meatballs there. So I I just I look at him as a whole, and I'm just like, man, it, it seems like a very very good fit for me. Like, and. The fact of the matter is, like, there's been a lot of speculation about whether or not JT Miller uh, is part of the solution in Vancouver. And I think Buffalo has a lot of assets that they could uh, they could send Vancouver's way um, to bring in a JT Miller. And you know what? Honestly, it's not, he doesn't really show anything of slowing down. I'd be willing to offer that guy, like, a three- to four-year extension. Why not? Like, I mean, honestly, like, let offer him an extension to till he's thirty five. At like, what, like, what's what's the number you would top out at for a guy who's more than a point per game? 
<sighs> I mean, this team has so much cap space already for the next couple of years. And for someone like Miller who could get him over the hump, it's anything like the cap going up as well, seven and a half. That number? What are you thinking? I would want to stop at seven max. Just yeah. I mean, when you think about it in the big picture, uh, in 2023, 2024, when that deal would need to be re-signed and oh, made, yeah. uh, you know, obviously that's the end of Kyle Okposo and Semikis Gergensen's, but that's when Tage Thompson's RFA deal kicks in. That's when Dylan Cousins' RFA kicks in. I believe – no, that's not when Peyton Krebs kicks in, but Matias Samuelson will kick in then. Uh, you know, there, there are some there are some contracts that you need to take into consideration that would potentially expire at that same time. So, yes, we're in a good state right now because a lot of the guys that are producing for us are either on, our, on their entry-level deals or they were signed back when, you know, we saw their potential, but it had not been fully realized. Like, I mean, Casey – yeah, Casey Middlestad makes like what, like two five? Yeah, it's one four. Like that's the best contract in the fucking league right now. Yeah. Good lord, uh, just based on points per dollar. But uh, yeah, that said, Tage Thompson's gonna cost you a pretty penny, and he will be twenty six at that point. Uh, Arposo will be off your books too, though. Arposo will be off your books. That's true. And uh, in some strange world where he sticks around as a <laughs> fourth line guy i really hope that that number goes down by half bare minimum good lord i gotta head out gentlemen um yeah i was gonna wrap this up anyway guys um with that being said uh big win for the buffalo sabers and i and i couldn't be more happy with uh the way they've been playing yeah you have a few efforts here that leave you leave you wanting more like the st louis game but you know, I back-to-back -back wings against the Philadelphia Flyers um, with the way they've done it. I mean, hell yeah, Feels man. Good. Like coming back from a 3-1 deficit yesterday and then absolutely pumping them. I mean, pumping them today. I'm sorry. I really don't. And there were some spots where the game seemed a little bit closer than it should have been. But, I mean, Buffalo had them on their heels a lot, outshot them, um, really controlled a lot of pace. There was a lot of chemistry in those top two lines. I, I, it was an exciting game to watch, and uh, it gave me a nice break from watching Game of Thrones while I've had COVID. So, true. So, yeah, good, good weekend for Western New York. You know, back to back wins for Buffalo. Rochester still in the playoff hunt. I believe the Bandits confirmed that they are the top of their division, first seed. Yeah. So, you know, Western New York yeah. on top, even when the Bills aren't playing. We had one last comment in the in the in the peanut gallery. I love the app from Olison lately. It's so good to see. I've written him off completely during the long scoring drought, but he's really shown some promise in heart. What do you guys think? I think we kind of already addressed that. Yeah. Um, he's he's uh, that, like Dwayne, you were. I think we were all kind of beating the drum of get him at, out of here at the deadline. Get what we can out of him. And I mean, we weren't wrong. Insane. And honestly, I mean, he's still not a lock on this team next year. He really oh, isn't. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. Thanks for the show. Let's go, Buffalo. Thank you, Alex Lanner. Make sure you're subscribed to our channel, Alex, at Two Goalies One Mike on YouTube and all our other platforms. Uh, please hit that subscribe button and the like if you don't mind. Helps us a lot uh, get noticed in this world of hockey podcasting. Uh, with that being said, guys, I'll hang up and listen. Let's go, Sabres. 
And uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow. Uh, me and Cully, Kyle Quick, will be going live for another episode of Two Goalies One Mike. Episode 96, inching closer to episode 100. And remember, this is brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Let's go, Sabres. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we're bringing coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.